0: hi everyone welcome back to the useless doctors book club i'm harshini i'm Pooja. And i'm sarah <laughs> this is episode season three episode eight amazing <laughs> this is season three episode eight and for this episode i chose the vegetarian by hong kong which is a South Korean novel that was released quite a bit ago, I think 2005 or seven or something like that.
1: 2016.
0: Wait, really? Yes. I thought, <laughs> no way. I feel like oh. it was read. Yeah, it was okay. published in 2007 in South Korea. And then I think it was translated in Yeah, the English
1: translation says 20. 20- yeah, that's yeah. why. Sorry my best no, no, i got i got you that makes sense
0: so yeah so um it's a fairly short novel and i will pass it to puja to give us a short spoiler-free summary
1: yes okay so the vegetarian by hong kong uh basically talks about or tells a story of this woman named yongi um and she is you know, married to her husband for the past five years, very ordinary couple, ordinary relationship. This entire book, by the way, uh, is translated from Korean. So the whole story kind of takes place in South Korea. And this book has been translated as Harshney mentioned in around 2016 into English and yeah. Um, okay, so basically Yongi one day out of the blue kind of stop- decides to stop eating meat uh, and she decides to become a vegetarian. And the book, as Hershey mentioned, is really short. So the entire rest of the book is kind of her dealing with the ramifications of becoming a vegetarian, like her family, you know, there's a lot of family drama involved in this decision and all that sort of stuff. Um, And yeah, I won't get too much into it because if I feel like I feel like I'll spoil something accidentally. But uh, yeah, that's basically the gist of it. This book is split into three parts and each part is narrated by a different person. So Jungi never narrates her own story. Each part is narrated by someone else who kind of is observing her. Um, But that's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna hand it over to Sarah to give her a spoiler-free review of this book.
2: Okay, uh, I would give this book two stars. Um, (laughs) I appreciate that it's short uh that kind of bumped it up for me <laughs> uh, but I feel bad for this book because part of the reason I gave it not as good of a rating is because of my experience with Night Bitch which is a book we previously read on this podcast in the I I will say like the, it only really reminded me of Night Bitch um like in the beginning parts like the first part of the book Uh, but I just, I I just really hated Night Bitch, so it kind of, like, just, like, remembering it kind of made this book worse for me. I also, like, didn't understand the point of the book, like, I don't know, it just, like, I followed, I guess, all these people around Yungi. like, how their reactions to her becoming a vegetarian and I don't know it was like kind of interesting but at the same time I was like what was the point of reading this book uh it was definitely weird which I appreciate but I don't appreciate it enough to give it a higher than two star rating. Uh <clears throat> yeah I don't have a whole lot to say about this book would I recommend it probably not unless you're looking for a short book because I don't know many short books but like if you're looking for a weird book I would I would recommend other books like Haruki (laughs) Murakami. Okay, my favorite um yeah I just wasn't vibing with it but Hashini you picked this book what did you think
0: yeah, I totally predicted that Sarah would not like this book. <laughs> and I also definitely kind of struggled through it. I mean, basically, yeah, I <laughs> I think I pretty much wanted to read this book because I was intrigued by the title, because I too became vegetarian. <laughs> but um I knew going in that it was definitely a weird book, like kind of horror y elements, I think was like part of the description and I knew it was like definitely had like deeper meaning to it and the events that occurred and I think I even though I knew that was kind of like craving a more normal book but at the same time I think after doing a little (laughs) research after reading this book I was like I can appreciate kind of part of like the what I understood as like the purpose of writing this book um yeah I liked I also definitely compared this book to Night Bitch when I was reading it but I liked the beginning and like kind of the storytelling a lot more because I do think it was interesting to see other people's perspectives of Young Hee who's like the main person kind of going through these changes but I have to say that part two of this book just really frustrated me so much. I just really hated reading it. I was like, when can we end this part? And then I got to the third part. It was okay. Like it was better, but I feel like I still was like scarred from the second part. (laughs) So overall, I don't know. I just really did want to like this book. So I wanted to give it like 3.5 ish stars. I think it's like gonna be a three stars for me basically because like I said, I think there are parts that I can appreciate of it. I just really wish the second part wasn't wasn't in the book at all. But yeah. Um I I don't know. I think I like would recommend this book to people who are open to this kind of a weird book that has some definitely disturbing things in it. Um, but yeah, it's just a little different and is short enough that you're like, okay, I can get through the bad parts because I can finish this whole thing pretty quickly. But yeah, what did you think, Puja?
1: So I, I'm a little bit more forgiving than both of you with this book. Like I gave this book three stars. Um, and I think one of the other things, like, I think one reason why I wouldn't have given, give, I didn't give it a higher rating is because considering how short it is, it did take me a, like a long time to get through it because it's like, it's very dense in those like even though it's less than 200 pages it's an incredibly dense book like you like i had to reread some things cuz i was like this there's a lot to unpack in this one sentence <laughs> um i i did i ob- obviously like also com- like, like both of you guys like i compared this to night bitch a lot especially but i do think i liked it better than night bitch and i think that's because i felt like the point was a lot more evident in like the point being made was like a lot at least to me I felt like it it was more obvious uh compared to Night Bitch and I thought like it's definitely less weird to me than Night Bitch because yeah Night Bitch also to our listeners if you want to hear our thoughts on Night Bitch go listen to episode two season one episode two (laughs) where we covered that book um but yeah but I think I think another thing to remember is also that this is a translated book. So there were a lot of parts where like uh, it if the like it's very evident that it's translated from a different language into English. So like there were I think there's some like level of context that needs to be accounted for um, when reading it. Yeah, so I thought it was definitely more straightforward than Night Bitch, it's a translated book. The other thing that I wanted to mention is that it's interesting how you mentioned Haruki Murakami, because I think this book is like, weirdness level, a little bit similar, obviously Murakami's books are a little bit more fantastical, like there's some magical realism happening here, there's also some level of that, but not really, it was not necessarily fantastical. but yeah, but I like the themes in this book. Um, I thought that the author's point was pretty clear to me, at least. Like, it seemed a lot more evident. I didn't get everything. Obviously, there's a lot. But I got enough to understand, like, what, what they were saying. Um, but yeah, it's very dense. So it's not really my style of book. I don't know if I would recommend it, Um Cause I think a very particular type of person might really enjoy, it's kind of like a mind fuck in a book. So a very specific person might like that. So I'm gonna go with three stars, not recommend, but do appreciate, that's my final review.
2: (laughs) All right, (laughs) not bad. Um, Okay, now that we have given our spoiler free review we'll jump into the spoiler section of this podcast so if you'd like to read this book go ahead and pause the podcast read the book and then come back to hear our thoughts about it and if you don't want to read this book just continue listening and we'll tell you all about it so does anyone want to give a brief rundown about what happened in this book I don't think I'm the one to do it because I didn't understand pretty
1: much two sentences of <laughs> this book <laughs> okay i I can give I can give like a little bit of a rundown and then Harshini let me know if my rundown doesn't make any sense. um so the first so as a like as we talked about earlier, this book is split into three parts. so the first part is narrated by Yungi's husband, who we never i don't I don't I literally forgot his name I think his name is like Mr. Chong in the book like everyone everyone refers to him as Mr. Chong um but yeah so he is narrating and he is like an awful human being like I do not like this husband uh he's the worst um but yeah he is basically narrating the beginning and the beginning is focused more on Youngie's decision to not eat meat so there are certain ramifications or that and everything kind of escalates in like from zero to 100 when her family gets involved and they are like really wanna force her to eat uh, meat so they have this like family event, like a family dinner or something. And everyone's here, like her brother, her sister, their families, everyone like her parents, everyone's here. And basically her father is like, you must eat meat. And then she's like, no, thanks. And then everyone is like, you have to eat meat. And then he, decides to like employ her brother or brother in law, brother or brother in law or something. And then her husband to like literally pin her down and like forcefully like feed meat like give like forcefully put a piece of meat in her mouth and like he like slaps her like it gets like very physically violent um and then she like doesn't eat it she like spits it out in right over there and then she decides to, she like it escalates even further when she grabs a knife and then slits her wrist And then like gets taken to the hospital and all that sort of stuff. And then the second part begins, like that's kind of where the first part ends. Second part begins, we find out that she like was in a hospital, but then was like she was in, she was taken to a psychiatric hospital and then released from there. Um, After like a stint in the psychiatric hospital, her husband has divorced her. She lives alone um but like she seems reasonably happy at this point like you know just kind of doing her own thing no one's bothering her people have cut her off like her family has basically cut her off because they're like we don't want to associate with you anymore type of thing um but her sister kind of keeps in touch with her and like her sister and the second part is narrated by her sister's husband so her brother-in-law and the second part is all about her brother-in-law essentially lusting after her this is the part harshni that you did not like <laughs> where you were like why am i reading this it's Honestly, low key, like it's like pretty disturbing, but also I wrote a note here where I was like, it's really weird and borderline boring. And I stand by that honestly, because I do think it's like pretty dull. Um, because it's just like this man like lusting after his sister in law, and you're just like, oh my god, like, and then this man, her brother in law, is like an artist, uh, and he decides to ask Yonggi to like. Uh, he has this like weird obsession with her like with her body with her with her demeanor all of this sort of stuff and he asks her to like be in this art video of his where he would like paint her body naked like like with body paint and whatever Uh, and then he wants to film her with this body paint having sex with someone who is also with the body paint and that that entire plot is the entire second half him lusting over his sister-in-law asking her to do this and then wanting to film her having sex with someone else when in reality like he is the one who wants to have sex with her and that's the entire second part <laughs> and then he does then he does <laughs> then he does and then the second part ends with a uh, yongi like wanting she like gets on a railing outside his apartment because basically her sister finds out that like they slept together and so she's like on the railing like about to jump and then they call in like emergency services and like they you know help her down and her brother-in-law also wants to do that and then they also bring him down and then The third part begins with Yeongi in a psychiatric hospital and her sister is visiting her and it's narrated by her sister. And like the entire third part, this is where things kind of got a little fuzzy for me, honestly, basically Yeongi is like not eating at all. She's not speaking and she's not eating. She's basically in a little bit of a coma-like state. Um, and she's, like, being forced, like, she she is not eating anything, like, she's, like, not even getting a nasal thing, like, she's not even being force-fed, so she just has, like, an IV drip, and she's, like, essentially starving herself um, to death, and they're, like, if she doesn't eat anymore, you have to, like, transfer her to a different hospital, because, like, we can't take care of her anymore, like, she ha- she has to be, like, in a in like a emergency hospital or something so yeah so is kind of like trying to coax her into eating something and then or sorry Youngi's sister is kind of coax Youngi into eating something that's not working out and then the ending is basically like she's supposed to be transferred to a hospital uh or she's like trying to be force-fed and then Youngi's sister kind of realizes that the cruelty of the situation like this is a person who does not want do this she does not want to eat and everyone's forcing her to eat and she doesn't want to and then they're like being like really forceful like trying to force a nasal tube into her and then she kind of like young sister realizes like this is whack so she stops it and then that means that she has to be transferred because she refuses to eat so she's like being transferred and then her sister is like with her like as she's being transferred and then it kind of ends like on a open-ended like hmm okay but it seems like Yongi's sister kind of gets her now and that's where we end I think that's that's the main gist
2: yeah that's a pretty solid
0: summary (laughs) I shouldn't give anything you wanted to add yeah, I think, like, one thing I was going to say, yeah, especially towards the end, it was, like, yeah, it. it I feel like it, it was pretty clear that Youngie was trying to, like, become, like, in this, like, plant-like existence and, like, really shed all of her humanity so she was, like, cool with drinking water and not with eating. She was, like, literally and, like, literally just, like, stands upside down because she's, like, not stands up by then you know it's like doing a headstand and she's like I noticed that trees are like kind of doing headstands all the time and stuff like that so that's like kind of her comparison and then I feel like her sister yeah like kind of gets that and then yeah that's like where Prudu was like yes that's kind of the ending of I think someone like finally understanding her because throughout the book no one really understands her so basically with all of that said I feel like yeah the point that I got from this book was like you know women especially in society have like all of these kind of rules around how you should act and you know even simple things like in the very beginning um Youngie's husband is like always annoyed when she doesn't want to wear a bra like she really does not like wearing a bra and will like not like wear shirts sometimes and stuff like that. So, yeah, I feel like it's like this person who's like really like trying to kind of shed all of these rules placed on her in society, but also like even being like, yeah, I don't even want to be human. So, I think that whole part was very interesting and like theme. Um, that being said, I feel like the second, where I'm really confused is where the second part of this book fit in with that. Because I I don't know, I feel like that was the main part. Like, honestly, if it was just the first part and like that exploration. And also like, I liked the thing with her and her sister too in the third part. But like, yeah, the second part, I just really feel like <laughs> did not bring forward this theme. So I'm like, am I missing something? But I don't know. I think that that's just not the kind of book I like to read. Yeah. Um, I was also wondering
2: this way. Like, I see what you're saying with the the premise of the book is about, but I think the the entire second part of the book also threw me off because it. Like I kind of saw your theme in the first part and I was thinking maybe that's relevant. But then you bring in the second part and it's like, is there any actual point to this book then? Because it's like, it doesn't say anything at all. It just says like, I guess men are gross. I don't know. What do you think, Puja?
1: So I like, okay, I think the reason why the second part didn't really bother me is because I've read like an even weirder book. <laughs> I was trying to like Google the name of this book. I think it's like called Translucence or Translucent. It's by a Japanese author. And I forgot the author's name. I'll find it by the end of this. By after, If someone else starts talking, I'll find it. But basically, I kind of do agree with you, Harshni, in the in the fact that like, I did not see how the second part was necessarily really connected to the first and the third. Like the first and third had a very clear narrative thing where it's like, okay, like there's these expectations and these rules and everything placed on a woman. And one day she just kind of like breaks where she's like, I can't. Like the whole part, the first part was all like five years. She's the most ordinary person I've never met. Not remarkable. Like she, there's nothing that stands out about this woman. Like no one pays attention to her, whatever. Then like this happens. And suddenly she's like the, like the talked about person in the family. Like everyone is talking about her. Everyone is concerned about her. Everyone like is paying attention to her now. Right. And like, that happens because she decides to not go with the conventional expectations placed upon her she wants she like breaks out of them and all that sort of stuff and like I do see like the horror element but really I feel like the real horror was her family and how they acted um, towards her just choosing not to eat meat and then because she because of that everything escalates from there like if they just accepted the fact that she was vegetarian I don't think like all the other things in this book would have happened. Like if they were just like, okay, yeah, cool, good for you. And then just left it at that, none of the other stuff. The fact that I think the escalation part really hit when her family became like, her father became like physically assaulting her for choosing not to eat meat and like, you know, defying her husband or whatever. Um, But yeah, but I think the second part to me seemed a little bit like, she finally was able to do something that like her family did not get involved in, but it didn't end up that way. Basically, like the whole thing with like, I'm not, I I don't think the thing that she wanted to do was sleep with her sister's husband. I think the thing that she wanted to do was like be more free with her body or like not necessarily, like having someone paint you Like, and just wearing body paint is not necessarily the normal thing, in quotes, normal thing that, like, people would do, right? Like, I feel like she was more interested in that, like, art thing, art part of it, where she was, like, doing this thing that, like, people wouldn't expect a married woman to do or something. And then she just did it, and she was, like, she felt good about it, and no one was there to, like, judge her. Like, she was doing it, and then people, like no one was like you can't do this or anything like that I think being giving her and I also feel like we got to see a little bit of like how being away from her family actually let her be more in tune with herself like she was more free to do whatever she wants she like got a job I think like she like she seemed like so so free from expectation she see it like from her brother-in-law's perspective it seemed like she had been started she ate whatever she wanted to eat she was you know living her own life doing her own thing she did this painting thing it worked out (laughs) it didn't really work out but like she was able to make that decision without anyone's input you know someone no one her husband was not saying you can't do this or you can do this or whatever then in the third part we see like once again when her family gets involved like it has you know things have escalated even worse to the point where she like no longer wants to eat no longer wants to drink anything she's just like can i just do something with my own like volition or like with my own agency i think agency is the right word here because i think the whole thing is that like she didn't have agency she decided to like have some agency and then people immediately took it away from her and then she had agency and then people took it away from her again and then at the end finally her sister is like giving her back or agency essentially by saying like okay is this what you want to do fine do it and then like you can go do your own thing now but i think i think that's why the second part is kind of there i think they could have made that point a little bit more clear a little bit less porny if i can say that <laughs> <laughs> but yes
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no I definitely agree and now that you say that I think I see that like the second part I mean it's also interesting that like I don't know I, I think that this is like you know true for women in society but also like people generally in society but like it is interesting that the first two parts are like told by men in her family and then like the last one is the sisters like you know supposedly the closest one to her and everything and I think I also like saw something about how this book like because you know these are all like people in her life the narrators of each of these parts are like you know people in her family that should kind of understand her better but they really don't um, until the very end but yeah I feel like in the second part it's like obviously it would be boring if it was like a continuation of someone with the same perspective as her husband like if it was told by her dad like i feel like he would very have a very similar like judgmental you know view towards her but like this is a man who's like intrigued by her specifically because of her like birthmark but i think there there is that kind of like yeah she has more agency to like do what she wants and even though he's kind of like I don't know kind of compelling her into these things I feel like she's also eventually like more into it because she's like okay yeah like I I like the whole body pain thing um yeah it was just really disturbing to read though. and I was like I feel like because it was there was so much in there that I feel like well I don't know I, I don't know if you guys also went into this book like this, but I was like, Young, he is the main person that we care about. And I just also didn't like all the stuff around the like brother in law that I was like, I felt like was irrelevant. You know, it's like one thing if it's like him and her. But, like, I don't know, just his thoughts. Like, I didn't really need to know them in general. Um, and, yeah, all the all the sex, all of him, like, trying to get people to have sex. Like, I could have done without that. But, yeah, I, I feel like if that, I feel like I've said this before, but if that part was, like, better or not there, I would have definitely liked this book a
1: lot more. Okay. Um right. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh you know like Harshini was talking about in the second like in the second thing he's like really obsessed with her birthmark like her brother-in-law's really I didn't understand what that was. Like what the heck is a Mongolian something yeah
2: actually I was gonna google that. I've never heard of that before
1: I didn't really want to google it because I was like that's a strange thing to google but I was like I just he just kept talking about it and I was like I don't get it like and then he kept talking about it as if it was like it wasn't a birthmark like he was saying like oh yeah like why didn't it go away for you and I was like what do you mean like if it's a birthmark it doesn't just, just stay
2: I just googled it it is a birthmark that goes away
1: What does that even mean? Like, does everyone have this?
2: Um, No, it's like a condition. It's called congenital dermal
1: melanocytosis. You act like I know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are you? I'm not that kind of doctor.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's just like... Like he described it, like a bluish birthmark that goes away.
1: What is it, Mongolian? <laughs> like, what is that?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> oh Maybe my god! It's like, wait, does this is sound okay? Maybe yeah. it's like specific to a re like not necessarily Mongolia, but like I don't know a specific region, and then it just like colloquially named. Okay all right with your face I was like wait what's happening
1: <laughs> I'm just um, like tr- really trying to like do the mental gymnastics here like I'm yeah, like my audio good
0: um yeah no, no I feel like yeah I feel like that's what it was but I was also like I know you didn't bring that up before and I was just like yeah that was the oddest part of all of it I mean like I don't know I feel like it just gave her <laughs>
1: No, no, just the way you said that was the oddest part of it, really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. I was like, but...
1: okay. <laughs> of the
0: Yeah, well, like, I, okay, not the oddest part of it, but I was just like, why is this man so obsessed with this mark? You know, that was like the main reason why he was after her. Like, I don't know. I feel like he was, he wasn't, yeah. I don't think he was even like, cause yeah, it was like, he was, his her brother-in-law forever, right? is never like, oh, like I am into young He or anything. But then one time, what what's her name? Ing. Her sister's name is Ing.
1: Is it I, in, I think it might be In he.
0: Yeah, In That sounds um, right. Yeah, she like just randomly mentioned this Mongolian mark that her sister still has. And then suddenly <laughs> the brother-in-law was like, oh my God, she has a Mongolian mark and just started like fantasizing about her. And then, yeah, eventually it was like, that was like one of the center things of his body painting of her and all that. I was just like, why? <laughs> I don't know. It was just so, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, I just... I don't
2: understand how you can be like. I don't know. It's not something that it's like. Oh, I I don't find you attractive, fauna. You have a mark on your butt, and now you're like, I gotta have sex with you. It's doesn't. It's weird. Um. But like, I still don't really understand. Like, the part where. Painting on her stopped her dreams. Like, what is that supposed to mean?
1: I feel like it was connected to. Now, this is just, this isn't, this is a feeling. (laughs) This is a thought. This is not, I don't know what actually happened. But I thought it was something where, because she chose to, so like in the first part, she starts talking about like how the fact that she had this weird dream. And that's why she decided to give up meat, like, stop eating meat, basically, because she, like, had this, like, really, like, scary dream. Um, And, like, there's, like, a little bit of description of her dreams as well, like, interspersed with the text from her husband and whatever. But they're, like, supposed to be, like, horror-like. I think those were the horror elements that the author was conveying through that. But like, um, yeah, so she has these like nightmares and insane dreams while she so she decides to not eat meat anymore. And then with this thing, I think what it was is like she made this decision to do this, and like that's why like she no longer has those dreams. So, like after she gave up meat, she stopped. She like doesn't, I don't know, she feels better or something because she's like, I'm not having that dream anymore. So like after doing this, choosing to do this, like with her, by her own agency, with her own volition, whatever, that's the reason why she doesn't have the dreams, I think. And then the thing is, what I don't understand is why she had to have sex with someone who also was painted.
0: So what I was thinking was like, I'm going back to her like really wanting to become like A plant literally or like a tree and I feel like because it was specifically her body was painted with flowers and then the other dude like first it was Jay who's this other guy that the brother-in-law I forget the brother-in-law's name we're just calling him the brother-in-law um roped into being part of this video at first and then the brother-in-law got involved but like yeah it was basically, who's painting everyone's body with, like, flowers, I don't know, (laughs) I'm just guessing, it's, like, oh, now we are flowers, (laughs) which, I don't know, it's, like, a little out there, but that's the whole thing with this book, (laughs) so that was, kind of, my interpretation, that also could definitely be wrong, but,
2: yeah, I mean, I guess it, yeah kind of connects to the third part where she wants to be a tree and then also like her sister was like giving rationale about like being in the forest and she wanted to stay in the forest and I guess there's flowers in the forest so she feels safe in the forest because there's no dad that's gonna be her I don't know. (laughs)
1: So this like whole like theme with the tree thing or like the plant thing. Okay, the, so you remember how I was talking about how I read this weird book before, like this Japanese book. I found it after after looking through my Goodreads. <laughs> it's this book called Translucent Tree, um, and it's by Noboku Tata- T- Takagi, Um, it's a Japanese translated book. That book also has a lot to do with people and trees and in like a really whack way like okay spoiler if you want to read this book don't listen to the next one minute of me talking about this um but the book ends with a woman like masturbating on a tree branch she has sex with the tree (laughs) I mean, I get similar <laughs> vibes. That's what I was saying. I was like, I was thinking about this book while reading this. I was like, I can't. And the thing is, okay, listen, you might now, you're probably all wondering if you continue listening to this. Why the hell did you read this book, Pucha? And I just want you to know, okay, literally the the description of this book is about this young single divorced mother who's, you know, like living with her father in like, some rural japan or something and her like uh this like she this man her first love basically um or no this man who she fall like comes and she falls in love with him and he's like this like documentary filmmaker or something and like so i was like oh it's like you know a love story it is not a love story <laughs> <laughs> i mean it is a love story but it's like gets way more weird <laughs> it's not just like your classic like oh a man comes sees woman, they fall in love and that's that like it starts off like that and you're just like oh okay nice nice whatever and then the, by the end you're just like what the I don't know what's going on
2: <laughs> so. yeah sounds like it
1: <laughs> so yeah anyway. you gotta
0: use like a little bit of like okay if it's called the translucent tree Is it really just about the romance? I don't know. Seems a little too (laughs) not connected to romance whatsoever.
1: Okay. But see, sometimes like book titles don't really, you know, connect to like, for instance, like of mice and men. Mm. Okay. There are men. Yes. But there's not really that much mice in it. (laughs) you know (laughs) so i'm just saying Uh, yeah (laughs) true, true. that's fair but yeah anyway uh (laughs) glad that we had that discussion (laughs) that was really needed to be said i really spent a lot of time trying to google (laughs) what book i was talking about like what is the book called okay back to the relevant book that we're talking about though um so yeah any any other thoughts on this middle part because like I feel like we can really talk about a lot in that in that middle part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm no. done with it. Okay.
1: You want <laughs> to? You dumped about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like I want to move on as quickly as possible. <laughs> Please. <gasps> yes. Um. Okay. Wait. Sorry. One last thing. Um. I. So this kind of leads into the next thing that I wanted to discuss, which is men in this book um so men for the first like just all around all terrible human beings like this author like was like was on a mission they were like I need to portray all the men in this poor woman's life as complete terrible awful human beings um and you know obviously her brother-in-law is one such person um who is like the worst okay wait sorry second thing that I wanted to mention here they literally so you know how in the first part Jungi's husband likes her sister and then in the second part Yuki's brother-in-law likes her and I was just like they just switch a <laughs> little switch there
0: <laughs> pretty much I wonder if that happens though kind of with like I don't know brother and sister-in-law because it's just like <laughs> okay I'm not not saying it's super common I'm just saying like if your siblings are similar to each other then it's like and we're talking like guys here especially these kind of guys like they're just like wow I married this one woman but look at look at her sister wow she's got a birth I mean
2: I feel like my brothers are pretty different though like their personalities are pretty different so I feel like I guess, I, I don't know. I was getting, I, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I also feel like Yoongi and her sister are kind of different. I don't I was, know. I was go literally
1: going to be like, how do identical twins get married then? <laughs> like, That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> like By that, like, oh. How does it even
0: make any... I mean like I, I just feel like like it'll like it's not even like a like you say it out loud kind of thing it's just in your head you're like wow my wife's sister is attractive and like I don't know I'm sure this I, happens
2: I'm sure it happens but I feel like you're kind of an asshole or you're yeah, not yeah yeah I mean obviously I think so.
1: <laughs> I mean I also think that like you don't spend as much time, I'm assuming, you don't spend that much time with your wife's sister than you do with what? your wife, right? Like, that's like that's the whole point of, like, making a connection with someone. Like, I'm assuming you spend more time yeah, with your wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm saying this is not, like, I'm going to, like, break up with my wife and go marry this other person. I'm just saying, like, a lust thing. It's like, wow. Oh, this person I, you know.
2: I can life. see it. I can see it.
1: Yeah. Not that we approve of this behavior. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, not at all. <laughs> Please stay married to whoever you're married to.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying it's like not it's not like the author was like pulling stuff out of nowhere. Oh, like this this is a thing that happens.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I can see it more because it's like if you like your wife there's the assumption that your wife's sister has a very similar personality because they were raised, not like exactly the same personality, but like somewhat they were raised in similar, like in the same circumstances, not similar, in the same circumstances. Therefore, they might have similar attributes, you know, similar personality traits, whatever. But that being said, um, that little switcheroo right there was really weird, (laughs) which I was like, please, like, Honestly, maybe if you had an honest conversation, you can, you know, officially break up with whoever you are with and go with the person that you actually want to go with. I don't know. But okay, back to the thing about the men in this yeah, book being awful. So,
2: To switch partners with your sibling takes a lot of conversation. How do you even bring that up?
1: First of all, this family is beyond conversation, okay? (laughs) Like, they are so beyond conversation. Like, it's ridiculous. From the ending of the first section alone, I was like, screw conversation. Like, just never talk to each other ever again. Everyone, please be in, like, separate ends of this country because, oh my God, these people are, like, getting way too involved in their children's lives and it's really disturbing. But, yeah. Anyway, Yoongi's uh, husband, the worst person. Literally, I was vehemently hating him. I was like, can he please have a terrible storyline? Can someone screw him over so badly? Please, he's terrible.
2: <laughs> yeah, he is pretty bad. So the reason he ended up divorcing her was what exactly?
1: Like you mean forcing her to what to eat? Oh, because her father was forcing her to eat food. No, no, no. Oh, divorcing, divorce. Oh, divorce.
2: It was because uh,
1: he just did not want to deal with her.
2: Oh, okay.
1: He that's why even like her sister was like so he just like left her because she had medical problems. <sighs> Great <Yeah>. husband, <laughs> love him. <laughs> love that (laughs) yeah no I just oh my god I think the worst thing for me was the fact that like in the beginning like he starts talking about how like she's the most unremarkable person first of all he rapes his wife and that was like completely glossed over
2: he rapes her multiple times
1: yeah like and like that's I feel like that is like just glossed over I was like obviously this will I think I think the author was also trying to show that how this contributed to this like escalating and like contributed to her trauma which resulted in her like taking a knife and like slitting her wrist in front of everyone and then the and then the way they acted after that they were like oh I apologize for her shameful behavior and I was like oh my god I hate this family I hate this husband (laughs) please get all these people out of my sight thank you
0: yeah she definitely went through a lot with her husband and then I feel like I don't know I think it was pretty obvious in her father's behavior maybe the father was an expert than you were going to but like I was just gonna say I think it was like obvious that he was like you know if he's acting like this to her when she's an adult like definitely abusive and not a great father growing up but then like by the I think last part we find out that it was specifically directed towards young he and not necessarily like her sister and brother so I was like wow this woman has really been through a lot which makes sense why she's just like fuck everyone and like I don't want to deal with this anymore but yeah I feel like that because I don't know maybe it was the way that I read the book because obviously like I think I put it down a lot and I feel like I don't know. I, I feel like I didn't even like put together how much she had been through that would like make it more clear like why she was kind of taking these like big steps. Although I also was like, she's just going vegetarian like in the beginning and her family made such a big deal out of it. Um, yeah. Yeah,
2: pretty crazy.
1: So I wanted to talk about one other thing which was like so the other thing is that in addition so in in addition to her like choosing to go vegetarian she also to she also like began not doing the things that she normally would do so like she like didn't make his lunch or whatever and like didn't cook certain things or like she even I think there was this one thing where she like acted really strange during um Strange in quotes, but like during one of his work events that like really pissed him off. Um, yeah, like so there so there were other behaviors in addition to the vegetarianism, but I think the vegetarianism thing was the thing that really pushed her family over the edge, but I think like her husband He was like getting more and more annoyed at everything else. Like it seemed like at some point he didn't care that she was vegetarian. Like he was like, "All right, fine, like whatever," because she does everything else. But then when she stopped doing those other things, then he got like more, like angry at her. Like what? Yeah. But I also think that like, I what? I guess like, what did you guys think about that dinner scene with the, with the. his his boss and like his boss's wife and they were like talking I think the she like did not eat anything or something and like he got like she was like really blunt in the way she was talking I don't know and he like acted insane
2: well yeah he didn't like that her nipples were like showing through her
0: shirt <laughs>
1: What do you want? I don't understand why this author had to bring that up in every scene that she was in,
0: I think that was like a big, like other kind of thing of like, like, yeah, I think it was brought up a lot, but it was like a thing where it, yeah, I like I mentioned before, like it was clear from the beginning. He also really didn't like that. So it was like a thing other than vegetarianism that I feel like is very you know, common for women to be like, I don't want to wear bras, like not comfortable at all. But he was like, and and I don't know, I was also very like, I mean, I think it's just both him and the culture of being like, wow, that's like, so not right for a woman to do. But yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like it made sense because it was similar to the vegetarian things, obviously, that was also brought up during the scene where it was like, yeah, she's not gonna eat any food because none of it is vegetarian. She's like, she ate like I don't know the equivalent of just eating lettuce. <laughs> I forget what exactly the food was, but yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know. I, the scene was like he like the dinner scene was pretty ridiculous. I don't know. I wonder when this book is taking place because. They think it's so preposterous that someone doesn't eat meat. I don't know if it's, like, I don't know. It was, like, they, like, he didn't, they didn't speak to him afterward just because she was vegetarian. It was, like, it seems so, like, (laughs) so service level. Just someone doesn't eat meat. And then you're, like, huh, I can't be associated with that person
0: or their family. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think it was like both like the culture and like, I don't know, I'm assuming in South Korea and like, I I feel like there, there are like cuisines that involve a lot of meat. So it's a little more like you're really not eating anything of substance, but also I definitely was like, this is like, you know, a metaphor for other things. Like, I don't know. I just kept thinking about like people's like gender identity or like you know like literally any other kind of identity that's like not you know the main stream, especially in like older societies um and people's like opinions of that and how they're like so judgmental of something when it's like first of all, it's literally not affecting you at all, <laughs> like it is affecting you in the like. I mean, I don't know, I forget if they were at a restaurant or like at their house, but like, maybe you have to eat some other food, like cook some other food, but even then, like she was just like, I'll just eat whatever is available, you know? And it's like, it it literally barely affects you, (laughs) but you have such a huge problem with it, which I feel like was definitely like commenting on a lot of other things that people have lots of opinions about when it's like, it's not your life, just mind your own business
1: yeah I agree I think it was like one of those things where let's like the author was kind of like let me pick like a very trivial thing and see how like to like us it may seem like very trivial and like let like see how like let me take it to the extreme and see kind of where it goes type of thing like it's a metaphor as you were saying Harshani like it's a metaphor for like larger things but I also feel like I feel like the example of vegetarianism is like I think it's like actually quite a perfect example because it's like literally (laughs) it is no effect on you (laughs) whether this person chooses to eat this or not but like the way it was completely blown out of proportion is just like a lot of people do that with a lot of different things like whether it be you know like gender identity sexual identity like hair color like like the choice to have tattoos or not to have tattoos like I don't know there's so many things like that where it's just like oh it's I don't know it's very it's very interesting I I actually like now honestly now that we've talked about this I feel like I want to give it one more star (laughs) like I'm kind of appreciating this book more
2: (laughs) yeah I think because I didn't understand the like Messages behind the book. I was like, this is kind of a lame book, but now I'm like, wow, this book is like more cool than I thought it was. <laughs> I mean,
1: you packed that all in under 200 pages. <laughs> nice job. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely
0: my struggle when I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's like three and a half is stars for B because I, yeah, I do really appreciate all of that, um, and and I feel like I appreciated more through our conversation, but yeah the part that shall not be <laughs> named is just the one thing for me but yeah I don't know overall yeah I, I, I think especially that's why I really liked the beginning because I feel like I really got that and I feel like I also did like the end but I was like kind of I don't know skimming a little bit through like some of maybe the more like moments that happened especially with like her sister um but, yeah
2: Yeah, I tried skimming this book and it was, like, impossible. (laughs) I skimmed, like, two lines and was like, oh, shit. I think I forgot the whole thing. Like, I don't know what what happened in this moment. I feel like, yeah, I always had to go back and read it. (laughs) Anyway, do you guys have any more thoughts? Okay, well, that is the end of Season 3, Episode 8. And next week, we are going to read a book that I have chosen called The Midnight Library by Matt (laughs) Haig. Hey, there we go. Matt Haig. I hope you guys haven't read this book, but it should be interesting. I feel like based on the summary, it seems like a little difficult to write. So I'm curious to see how this Because it's, like, a lot of, uh, based on the summary, it's, like, going, a lot of, like, going in the past and fixing things. And I feel like it's, like, hard to do that as a writer, (laughs) to make it, like, not confusing. So, um, yeah, should be interesting. Um, yeah, so we'll see you next week. Goodbye.
0: Bye. Bye.